Welcome to another episode of Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, I wanted to share a conversation from a staff member on the ground in New York City. I love the way Samaritan's Purse has stepped up and people have been willing to serve in dangerous places and oftentimes outside of their typical duties. To respond with a field hospital in two separate countries has required all hands on deck and selfless service from all of our employees. I thought you would appreciate hearing from one of our staff members responding in New York City at the Emergency Field Hospital. Stephen Rhodes works in human resources and is the director of campus relations for Samaritan's Purse. But in this COVID-19 response, he is working in New York City to help with many of the logistics required to keep the Emergency Field Hospital operating. Stephen grew up outside the city and lived in New York for a few years, so he knows and loves this city personally and has been an asset to the team on the ground. Here is his perspective from the initial days of setup. So first, to start off, Stephen, you know, what is it like to watch, you know, your hometown, you know, be under attack by this virus? Oh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's heartbreaking. The city right now is not like um, the, the city that I've been in before. Um, it's deserted. Everyone's wearing masks. Um, middle of the day, there's no traffic. You can get uptown or downtown and, 15 minutes and um, that's nice but it's uh, an indication of how bad things are here so people are um, emotional I, I would say on edge perhaps mm-hmm. a little bit and um, the people that we've interacted with that understand what we're doing here and what we're a part of um, could not be more over the top grateful kind appreciative um, all kinds of people doctors nurses and just random people who stop you on the street because uh, they see the logo on your jacket and just tell you how you know how appreciative they are that we came to their neighborhood to help them. Um, so it's a very different um, it's a very different New York than any New York that I've been in. The only thing I could compare it to would be after nine eleven, mm-hmm. um, but even that is different because no one is around. You know, everyone's shut inside their house. Um, so it's 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 yeah, it's a it's an unusual time to say the least. Yeah, it must be so eerie, you know, kind of like a ghost town, um, especially such a busy, thriving city um, to see it so yeah. quiet. Like you said, I mean, it's nice to not have traffic, but that is not nice because um, no, it's not. It's just not typical. So, yeah. So talk to me about I'm sure many people hadn't heard of Samaritan's Purse before. And so now, yeah. you know, people are hearing about it, seeing it. Yeah. How have your interactions been and how has the city received you? It's been great. I think I'm a. I've not slept a lot, uh, so I'm probably going to get a little emotional. Um, mm. So forgive me, but it's been um, it's been incredible. Um, I was walking um, the early this morning up the sidewalk on a on an errand for the team, and um, the, this woman stopped me. I had my my mask on, I had a hat on, I had my hood up because it's freezing, it's so windy here today. And um, but she saw my logo and she stopped me, and I didn't know what she wanted, and she just asked, like, "Are you?" are you a part of the, the hospital that's, you know, a block away? And I said, yes. And she, she thanked me, I don't know, 50 times in three minutes. I mean, just super grateful. She said, I live right over there. And, you know, every night we open up our windows and we clap. And that's something that's happening in the city, across the city. Every night at seven o'clock, people open up their windows and they clap and they cheer for medical professionals and health professionals who are fighting COVID. And, um, you know, and she said, I hope that you can hear us, you know, uh, in the park and we can, and we've had people, um, every night gather around the perimeter, um, where they're allowed to, you know, allow as close as they can get, 
um, as close as they're permitted to get. Um, and you see them starting to gather around 6.45 and they're just standing there kind of looking at you. And and, um, and then at 7 o'clock, sure enough, you see people clapping and cheering. And um, two nights ago, uh, I could hear a lot of people uh, yelling, thank you, thank you. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I feel very blessed to be a part of it. And um, I love to walk up to the park in the morning and you see, you know, Samaritan's first real big and you see that cross. And it's clear why we're here. It's clear what we're about. And, um, you know, it's about taking Jesus to the ends of the earth. It's about going to the hard places and lifting his name high. And that's what we're here to do. And people know that. And mm-hmm. they're grateful. They may not agree with anything that we believe or anything that we um, are about as an organization. But um, when we showed up and, you know, to help them, uh, they put that aside. They couldn't be more appreciative. So, um, it's been it's been an incredible reception. I think on my first day here, I, a doctor from across the street at um, Mount Sinai Hospital walked up, and um, and uh, you know he walked kind of right up to the entrance and kind of looked at us and it's like hi and he and he said I just want to say thank you and then he started crying. He can get uh, he can get anything else out and um, I mean that's it's it's very moving. Um, I, I'm not sure who. Mount Sinai told this too, but um, they told someone on our team that we're the the first good thing that's happened to them in three weeks. And um, you know what a what a joy and a blessing you know to be a part of that. Wow, wow, that is incredible. And I do I love hearing your emotion come through because. That's why we wanted to talk to you on the ground. You are doing the nitty gritty, you know, and getting to meet so many different people. Um, and watch so many people pull together. And so those testimonies are just huge. Um, and I'm sure, you know, Samaritan's Purse has responded all over the world. Um, and to be re- responding, you know, this is the first time the emergency field hospital has been set up in America, you know, and in yeah. our home. And so to be responding to our people, I'm sure is surreal. Um, yeah. But also, like you said, unifying. Yeah. No, you're right. And it's... um. I mean, it's it's an incredible team. The Samaritan's first uh, DART staff that are here, and you talk to a lot of them, the doctors and the nurses that have flown from San Francisco and Oregon and Oklahoma and all these different places throughout the country to come be here and to do this. And, um, I mean, it's a, it's an incredible team. So it, it's almost weird for, for me to be talking to you because I feel like, well, there's 50, 60, 70 other people that you could talk to that would be better than me um, that that have more to offer, you know, they bring more to the table than I do. And, and they have, you know, more significant contributions, but really when you are a part of it, you see that, um, the whole thing is bigger than, than one person. And you get everybody on the ground, all pulling together, all trying to, um, to move mountains and achieve things that are really difficult. And then in the middle of it, you realize like we can't, I mean, we can't move them out. We're not, we're not strong enough. We don't have the resources we don't have uh, the capacity it's only God that can can make something like this happen and we've seen that in little ways in big ways um, I've interacted a good bit with NYPD and the fire department and the parks department con ed and, and Mount Sinai Hospital and, and all these all, you know all these organizations that have dropped everything to help us launch this hospital and you just look at that like when would that happen you know when would when would the, you know, the electric company dig up the sidewalk and put a line down for it, you know, you know, the first night that we're here and have it sealed back up and ready to go the next day. Like that's not a normal thing in New York city. And it it just, all the things that have to happen uh, for this 
um, to be live and operational for those first patients to come through. Only only God can do that, and that's why he gets the credit. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that, and I, I love your humility, but I think everybody is playing a huge part, you know, and someone had shared with me Luke sixteen ten. you know, the whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And I think you are a perfect example, Stephen, of somebody that, um, is be willing is willing to do anything, you know, and you've served in so many different roles and capacities, um, but you've been trusted and you've been doing just the small things um, to create the big things. And like you said, it requires many hands and feet to make this work happen. So yeah. can you talk to me about ways that you've seen God provide? Um, and like you, so you gave a, an example there of, times where the Lord's provided the people that needed to accomplish the purposes. Have there been another example where you didn't think something would happen and and God allowed it to in a mighty way? So this is my first time involved in a setup of uh, EFH and I don't have a medical background, Um, but I've seen the the hospital operational before in uh, Mosul, Iraq in February 2017. And I've also seen it set up for exhibitions or different places that they put it um, on display. But this is my first time seeing it start to finish, like from graph to patients, you know, all the way up. And um, so to answer your question, um, I see it now in retrospect. If I had known how big and how complicated the task was that we were stepping into on day one, I think I would have been a little bit more freaked out by the timeline because there's so much that goes into it. Um, and it's very, very complicated, and it requires 60, 70 world-class experts, in my opinion, and I don't put myself in that group, but people that really know what they're doing working very, very long hours at a very fast pace in order to pull it off in such a short timeline. Um, and I look at that as the Lord's provision, uh, to provide the people that we need, to provide um, the resources that we need, all the equipment, everything getting here on time, everything being you know, ready to go and all the puzzle pieces that have to fit together. Um, it's a lot of smart people on the ground, but I think at the end of the day, that's something only God, only God can do through his, his grace and his mercy. Um, I'm in the, I feel a little bit like the kind of the fog of, uh, being in the middle of it. And I think I'll have a lot more to say, um, when it's done and look back at all these different times where I've seen him provide that I feel like it's, it's, it's hard to describe. It's like, when wasn't, you know, when wasn't he providing, you know, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. think of a time when that wasn't happening, when we weren't seeing doors open in little ways and big ways that, that, um, you know, you just know you're a part of something that has nothing to do with you. It's about him and, and, and that's why he's blessing it. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I can't even imagine. And I didn't realize, you know, I was listening to even just the buildup, you know, how they got, they did get some volunteers involved, um, I think they were able to use the local churches, you know, and put to put it out. But being in America, you know, we don't usually have that luxury because we're usually setting yeah. up overseas. Um, and so but you are able to use, I think, more people in this one, right? And everybody yeah. does want to help. They want to get oh, involved. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I have, I want to, I want to tell you the story. It's been, it's been my, one of my favorite things that's happened. Um, we're, we're on um, 98th, 99th and 5th Avenue in Central Park. And um, there's a, a resident, mostly Mount Sinai Hospital across the street, but there's a residential building um, across the street, a big apartment complex. And there's mm-hmm. this guy that works, uh, that lives there. And um, I guess he has a friend that knows somebody who knows somebody. And the guy told him, hey, go downstairs and check it out. That guy's been working with us for 
four days now, and he has worked as hard as anybody. Um, he is he has shoveled mulch. He has helped us move trash cans. I mean, he has done everything. And um, I don't. Uh, he's not a believer. And I, I talked to him uh, the other day, and he said, "You know, I'm in investments, and um, you know, the last month, however many weeks, I've been so stressed out, just looking at the markets every day." And I came down here. I have not looked at my phone. I don't, I'm not looking at my email. This is the first time I felt good in weeks. And uh, every day he shows up with new people. Like his, I don't know who these people are, where he's getting them, but he's showing up with new friends. And it's almost like he's a foreman. You know, he's directing traffic, telling them where to go and what to wow. do. And the last two days he's gone to Costco. And I, I don't know how he fit as much food in that car as he did because our, um, our, uh, staff tent now is overflowing with Gatorade and water and he bought uh, portable phone bank chargers uh, for the staff to use and just incredible um, generosity that I'm like who are you where did you come where did you wow. come from um, and it's, it's a lot of people like that and they you know they see this and they, they want to be involved even if they're not they're not believers um, but I know a lot of our staff have had opportunities to talk to them you know I'm praying for them and um, but it's been a it's been a, a a very special thing to watch and to be a part of. That is incredible. Well, because I'm sure, you know, yes, the patients are you know your primary uh, focus, but the ripple effect is so much greater in this. You know, because yeah. a you know we speak the language. You know, we're not in a foreign country right. where you need a translator. So everyone right. you come in contact with can be, you know, you, yeah, you can witness and you can share that your faith in Christ. And they yeah. hadn't heard about Samaritan's Purse before. I mean, it is awesome to hear that not only is it making an impact, but people want to be a part of it. They want to get to know yeah. the staff. They want to get to know. So what a neat testimony yeah. of who knows how many people will be reached through this ministry. Um, and that is I, why Samaritan's Purse comes. I mean, yes, we care about yeah. their physical needs and we want to help these patients get better. But more importantly, we care about their spiritual needs. And that is everyone that you come in contact with. We want them to That's know the right. hope of Christ and the reason that we come to serve in Jesus' name. So what a testimony. That's awesome. Well, thank you for no, sharing right. that. Every time I walk up the block, I see our, you know, our big trucks parked there on Fifth Ave with the helping in Jesus' name, you know, written real big. And I think, what a witness, you know, mm-hmm. to New York. What an in our, our tent there with the, with the cross on it. And, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's that's what we do. That's why we do it. It's not. Um, it's not about aid. It's not about you know doing good works. It's about waving the flag of Jesus. You know, really high in dark places. And you can have dark places in New York City, and you can have dark places all over the world. Um, but that's you're, you're right. That's what we do. We want to wave the flag of Christ high and be a witness. So, uh, yeah. What a, I I couldn't agree more. So as we're talking about that, how can we be praying for for yeah. New York as a whole and for for just yeah everyone that we come in contact with? Yeah, please pray for our staff. I mean, those are brave people, and they really are. You know, I watch them at seven a.m. We're on site, and when they go in for the day, their morning shifts. And sorry, there's an ambulance going by. Hold on, a lot of ambulances right now. Um, we watch our, I watch our staff at 7 a.m. They're suiting up and they're going in and we see them at 7 p.m. when they're coming out and the, and the night crew, the night shift is starting. And I watch them, you know, spraying the chlorine and, you know, and uh, just putting on the PPE if they're going in. And I think like, and those are, they're brave. They really are. Cause there's, that's, you know, they're, they're front lines, right? Right in the face of 
of COVID-19 and they're, you know, they're brave. So please pray for them that they would stay healthy. I don't, you know, we want to see everybody healthy and able to um, continue the work. Um, pray for um, the doctors and nurses that are in there, that God will give them open doors to share the love of Jesus, that we'll, they'll have warm hearts. Um, the patients will have warm hearts and, you know, receptivity and the same for all the people, the thousands of people that walk by us or walk around us or look at us um, in the course of any given day that, that God will give us opportunities to, to share um, his love with them. And that's why we're here. Um, and, and honestly, I think we need to pray that, that God will work a miracle and put an end to, um, to this outbreak because it's, um, it's not pretty and it's, it's pervasive. And I think this is something that is, unprecedented when we need him to, uh, we know, I think only God can, can bring an end to this work. You know, we work as hard as we can, but at the end of the day, you know, just pray for an end to this outbreak. Um, I want to share one more story. Is that okay? Of course. Yes. It was a patient on our first day that, uh, that came in and, um, uh, was standing there. And one of the nurses that was standing in the hot zone was, leaning out there was another patient coming and he was standing there waiting for him to um to arrive and he said you know that second patient that came in he said uh when he pulled up that he felt like he was coming home and he said he said no sirens they come in quiet no no sirens no flashing lights and he felt like when he pulled in to our space he felt like he was home and that someone was going to take care of him and that's the first time that he felt that and i thought what a what a um what a blessing that is and what an opportunity it is, not only for the second patient, but for all the patients. I want them to feel that um, the love and the care that, you know, emanates off of our facility. I hope that everyone feels that and that we don't do nothing with that, that we use that opportunity to share the love of Christ because um, they need it. We all do. So, um, so please pray for the patients and the staff and the people of New York and, um, you know, the people of this country. We, mm-hmm. we need Jesus, all of us do. Yes, I know. This is, yeah, well, that, what a neat story. I, I was wondering how people felt coming because, you know, normally these field hospitals are in, you know, war zones or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, after an earthquake or, you know, when there isn't a building to go to. But here in yeah. America, you know, to not be able to go to a hospital, I wondered how yeah. the patients would feel to be taken to a, yeah, emergency field hospital in a tent. So to be able to hear that the atmosphere is like home and it is inviting. And I think it is because of the people that are serving there. And um, they truly are the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, and so prayerfully, you know, God's spirit is hovering over there and people can feel a difference when they come in. I I can feel a difference when I walk onto the property. I bet I... I feel that they can too. And I think you've got a whole staff of people that have flown in to do this, that have mm-hmm. come left jobs and families and all kinds of things behind because they love and they care. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that, that the patients, as they come and feel that, I think what a blessing that is. What a, what a testimony that is. So, Exactly. Yes. And thank you, Stephen, for what you're doing. And I do, I feel like most darts, you know, people are leaving their safe place and their comfort to go serve somewhere dangerous, but you guys have left, you know, home. Yes, but it could be dangerous here. You know, you're leaving your family and your loved ones that could be impacted as well to go serve. And I think that does speak volumes. And I do pray that patients and their families will see that, you know, that only Jesus could draw these people to leave their home and their family yeah. to come serve. Yeah. No, that's the only reason for it, you know, and that's what we're called to do. It says 
go and do likewise. That's not a, I read that as a command, not a suggestion. Mm -hmm. That's what he calls us to do. So you have to say yes. Even when you're scared, you have to step out in faith and do what he asks you to do and trust him with anything that could happen after that. So. Exactly. And I love that, yeah, Samaritan's Purse is using this platform, you know, to share Christ and that yeah. it is all for him, you know, and it is, it is yeah. the reason we go and, and it is the whole world is closing their borders, closing, hunkering down, you know, no one wants to go anywhere, but the fact that you all are willing to go and serve in Jesus' name um, is awesome. And so it's neat to hear just even in the couple days to hear you share that testimonies, people are wanting to know what the hope is within you. So I love that. And I love that you're getting stopped everywhere you go. So thank you. That's why we wanted to talk to you and just hear what it's like. And it's encouraging to hear that um, the gospel is going forward in this dark time. Thank you for tuning in today. I enjoyed hearing Stephen's perspective and gained so much insight on how to pray for the staff and the people of New York. I am overwhelmed by the way Samaritan's Purse staff has rolled up their sleeves and entered into the fire of COVID-19. The way so many are going to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus in this crisis is inspiring. Many of you are working from home or abnormal circumstances, and I wanna encourage you to keep pressing on. You play such a vital role and we could not operate two emergency field hospitals without your skills and support. Thank you for allowing the gospel to go to the ends of the earth during this time. As we celebrate Easter this week, I wanna close with 1 Peter 3-9. through Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for you, and through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice now for a little while, while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I pray that your faith will be refined in this fire and you will rejoice in our inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Thank you for fighting the good fight and keeping the faith. I hope you have a blessed week.